Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 104 for Tuesday, April 13th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Alex Rudy, Farbon Marcazi, and Ray Estrada. How you guys doing? Great. Our, you know what? There it is. Every every week. I'm, I'm going to keep asking it no matter what. <laughs> this is our brand at this point. This is what we do. Um, but yeah, we're back. Second full week of the uh, regular season. It's kind of going by fast, it seems, right? Like, our, I think we're already at the point where where, uh, where games and days go by, uh, where, you know, nothing of, of significant note happens. But, oh, we are still very much in the early going, and we have plenty of things to overreact to and, and plenty of news from the last week uh, that will break down and, of course, a whole lot of complaining to be done on this episode. Uh, about umpires because they're still bad it's it's 2021 and we just can't we just can't seem to get it right uh but let's start with the biggest news for Padres fans certainly and that would be Joe Musgrove getting the team's first franchise no hitter the hometown kid does it against the Rangers on the road that's the right lineup to do it against I would say but uh yeah just a really cool moment a really great game and a really great start to the season for Musgrove overall. Uh, you know, had a gem of a first start as well. I believe he's 18 strikeouts to zero walks to start the year. One hit by pitch, I believe. But that's that's pretty darn good from their third best starting pitcher acquisition of the offseason, remember. So uh, a lot of good mm-hmm. things to talk about there if you're Padres fans um I don't I don't really know like what other were, were there other reactions that you guys want to talk about did any of you watch the game and wanted to to talk about like what it is that's making need... Musgrove look real good I mean one more to hit my bold prediction oh that is true yeah do you want to go ahead and remind everybody what that was I think it was two no hitters from the Padres who uh Right, had zero, had never had one before this year. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, R- Rudy, you changed it to two late. I think I think it was going to be one no hitter, and you would have hit a wolf prediction. Hmm. Uh, but essentially, but, he, but it, that would have been less points good, than two. It, it clearly wouldn't have been bold enough unless I changed it in audible to the last moment. Very true. I think, I mean, this situa- this no hitter was just really cool. I don't think there was a person who is, like, rooting against Musgrove that night. Like, hometown kid, first start as a Padre, traded over there, and he, like, Uwe, you say he, like, that's the lineup to do it against, but, like, the Rangers were your team to win the AL West last year. That was last year. It's ancient. They suck now. (laughs) But still, like, it was a great pitching performance. You can't can't just detract from the pitching performance – by saying it was good, it was a bad lineup. It 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 was still a major league lineup. Great pitching performance by Joe Musgrove. Um, I I had a lot of fun watching that. Um, Where is he from again? Can you just? Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, go ahead. Is, I think he's from San Diego, right? Oh wow, that's yeah. that's he's from. Yeah. San what a coincidence! Diego. Yeah, Todd Frazier. Yeah, I, I just found out he was from San Diego. He was a hometown kid. Do you guys know that? No. Wow, I didn't know that. The the more you know, he he might be <laughs> now the like the second most uh 
commonly known uh, city of origin behind, as Ray said, Todd Frazier uh, in, in all of baseball. So so that that's that's big notoriety for him. I think they're already uh, putting up a big mural of him at his, his former high school I read. Um, they, they, I'll they fact need to check put up that. a statue. A statin I mean, mur- murals are pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I, I guess I heard I heard today that his parents own a uh, like coffee shop in San Diego, and after the game, Padres fans just went and bought a ton of coffee from them. It's well, business awesome. is booming. This was a great business, business decision. More. It's a great business decision to throw a no hitter. Who knew? Now they expect <laughs> their son to throw a no hitter every start. Yeah, now now the expectations are too high. Uh, no, but for real, Joe Musgrove looks phenomenal to start the season. And now, like, what do you do when you face the Padres? If you're the the unlucky team to run into uh, the Snell, Darvish, Musgrove three-headed monster there, uh, you know, I don't I don't really know what, what you do about that. You, you, you tip your cap and you stick the bat out there and hope things go well. Um, it's not like you get through them and you have an easier time with the bullpen either. So, um, yeah, like good stuff all around there. Now, now let's talk about the negative Padres news, the stuff that's got everybody, uh, as anxious as, as ever. It's probably the most nerve wracking situation to be in. And that would be with Fernando Tatis, who last week left a game after a really awkward swing where he injured his shoulder, basically. Uh, and and then now, after news of it potentially being a, a long-term injury, there were comps to, I believe, what, this was similar to what Cody Bellinger had dealt with just um, a couple yeah, years ago? Yeah, similar to what, basically the same injury that Cody Bellinger has done, although um, more, he, he had two two injuries in succession. He had the spring training injury. So, you know, surgery would have meant Bellinger took four months off in the off season, uh, for surgery and came back. So yeah, it would have been most of the year, if not the entire year of a uh, surgery, um, if they went for that option. Mm-hmm. But they did not go for surgery. If that, that was the no. point I was trying to make and he could return as soon as next week, which they are aiming for him to return this Friday. This Friday, yep. And that is, it's aggressive. Normally you hear news of a player returning from the injured list, and you think good things, right? That means, yay, he's not as injured as as maybe we thought, but also kind of the opposite. You really don't want to <laughs> see, you don't really want to see the uh, worst-case scenario come about yeah. with your the superstar. The Padres called the... The Padres called the MRI uneventful, even though he has a labral tear, a slight labral tear, which is expected with a shoulder separation of, I guess, as painful as it looked. Um, and yeah, from everything that I read before, but uh, before they announced he was on the 10-day IL and trying to come back as quick as possible, um, if you don't fix this shoulder issue it's only it's just skinny it's easier to pop out and each time it pops out it's going to damage more stuff including the rotator cuff and possibly the bone itself so 
the Padres team doctors who, you know, they obviously let Clevenger and Lamette go and said they were fine. They said that he is not risking long-term damage by playing when everybody else uh, who has seen these type of injuries before basically said, yeah, no, if he, if he has any really kind of like structural damage, like labral tear, if it's anything like that, probably patch him up before you know he can't use his shoulder very effectively for the next how long are they paying him 14 years yeah so <laughs> so what i was gonna say is like so you're basically telling me they should make sure that they take care of whatever happens right now so they don't have to be on the hook of a guy who's just gonna be hurt for the next 14 years i mean i, I would say it, i'm pretty baffled by their handling of the situation to be honest <laughs> limited medical knowledge i'm not gonna claim to be an expert or my i like from everything i know about labrum tears this whole like theory that they're claiming that you can like rehab it it's just basically a myth i don't think i've seen anything that says that actually will work and you can like if you're not a top athlete who okay yeah like if you were normal Joe, absolutely. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I, I, good point. It's a good clarification. But like for what he does, it doesn't really make sense as a solution, and it would not prevent, as far as I'm aware, an eventual full tear, which would be a disaster and pro- could potentially end his career. And it seems very short-sighted. I know that the Padres obviously invested a lot of money and emotion into kind of going all in this year. But wouldn't it make more sense just to get the surgery and hope he's back for the playoffs instead of playing this dance of the devil? And what I think isn't being maybe communicated is that either way, no matter what they do, he might not ever be the same player in terms of full potential. It's just that's what the injury is, unfortunately. There aren't a lot of guys who have shoulder tears in baseball and who end up having the same power as pitchers or hitters. And so the sunk cost fallacy kind of seems apparent in this situation. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I ever go say, well, like he, you know, he's your moneymaker. He's your star. You want him out there as soon as possible. And if he says he can play, he can play Like, that's not the point. Um, nope. But also like, yeah, it's like, yeah, sir, you're paying him a lot of money, but also what, the reason why to fix him is because you're paying him $340 million over the next 14 years. I think you'd, I think you'd want to be him as healthy as possible over those next 14 years. I don't know why the Padres are taking this win now approach seemingly after they've invested so much time and money into a bunch of guys for the future and they have good prospects still to come They're They're acting like their window is uh, now, and get an end after say next season as opposed and, to staying open for the next five to 10 years. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like they're going to be like they're, they could arguably be better next year with uh, the guys that they have coming back. I mean, Clevenger is going to be back next year, right? Like, but yeah, Clevenger's, yeah. Clevenger is going to be back. The hub McKenzie Gore coming out, Ryan Weathers. They, they're set for the next, yeah, five years at it, least. It seems very short sighted of them. And it, it just seems like, I mean, like I, like Rudy, uh, Ray, you might be, but Rudy and I were not medical professionals. Um, <laughs> I, I, I am part of the thing for medical professional. And um, I, I personally think that regardless of whatever, it, even if he, like, it, even if it's 
he ends up having to get the surgery down the road. You, whatever happens to his sh shoulder, whether it's power that Rudy was mentioning, or if it like it's a decreased bat speed or whatever, um, you don't want any bit of like just remnants of like damage to his arm, to his shoulder, to his swing when you're paying the guy three hundred forty million dollars. Wait, how how much how much is he get paying getting paid again? Three hundred forty million dollars. And and over how much time? 14 years. Okay. Do you yeah. know Joe, Joe Musgrove is from San Diego? Did we mention that yet? Hey, Alex, uh, Uwe, are you, I forgot to mention you're a medical professional. Uh, and so, no, I, I'm actually not a medical. Contrary to popular belief, I am not a medical professional myself. Paging Dr. I'm hearing. I'm Wait, hearing a lot me. of sensational. I have to, I have to sue you. I'm hearing a <laughs> lot of sensational uh, language used here. The like, surgery was a success, but the patient died. I'm still alive. <laughs> oh, uh, can I just just to to Go cap ahead, this really. thing here with a lot of dramatic language about potentially ruining his career and never being the same player? Uh, yeah, it's We're it's in the mood, okay? It's very uh, aggressive language to use, of course. I disagree with you, hundred percent. You disagree that it is that it is dramatic language to say I think it could end his I career. Think, I do legitimately think that tearing your labrum is a really, is probably, yes, a very dramatic. Shoulder separations are no bueno. Are, no, it's yeah, not good. He, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Like he, it could be devastating for him. Like he can miss a lot of time if not handled right. But also we, it clearly wasn't bad enough to immediately elicit surgery and you know as an as a non-medical professional you you gotta at least kind of go with with what the professionals are saying the ones who are working with them, even were, though they have they have not earned the benefit of the doubt admittedly well, there are other medical that doesn't mean we know better it's probably better to fix him now and have him be out for four to six months now as opposed to having to deal with this recurring injury mm -hmm. and when it comes to needing surgery it is going to be a much more complicated surgery because more things will be busted in the shoulder yeah and and there's a lot of potentially yeah there's there's a lot of potential energy so to speak leading up to to something more catastrophic i get that i i don't see the problem with with not opting for surgery immediately. The part that sticks out in my head and, and I think in everybody's head is if you're rehabbing it, two weeks seems real fast for an injury that, that had him reeling the way that he did. And, you know, the Padres are chilling. They're eight and three. The Dodgers are really good too. I don't, I don't know if, if rushing him back is gonna, is gonna shoot them ahead of the Dodgers. You could just coast for a bit. You know, you say, you know what, take your time, enjoy Enjoy a little rest, get that shoulder nice and healed up, let the human body do its thing a little bit longer without pushing yourself too hard, and uh, Here. and then we'll get you right back out there. But <laughs> two weeks seems real fast. If, if he misses time... Let's add something really quick yeah. before we move on. Just yeah. for an example of what we're kind of going with, with our fantastic, you know, exclamatory language, which I get where, you're, where we're coming from in that sense. Um... Michael Brantley, torn labrum, 2016, and he had the surgery in November and started the next season on the disabled list um, and didn't come back till May, to the end of April, excuse me, and then proceeded to basically 
ended up missing the whole rest of the season in practice with further shoulder issues. So I think that's he came back as a very good player, obviously, and his power ended up be eventually recovering. Generally, he's not, was never a power hitter, but the point is, which I think what me, Ray, and Farbo is arguing is that it was probably worked out better for his career that they basically just lost that season to recover him fully instead of playing around with these two week rehabbing for the injury. So, yeah. yeah, that's a good Somewhere. that's a good case to look at, and, and on both sides of it, you you got to look at the history of similar injuries for sure, and and also. Like relax a little. I I don't think we're throwing fourteen years, three hundred forty million. If you didn't know the exact numbers, uh, down the drain, just from from this this injury. Like it would suck. It would be terrible, but injuries happen like that. And I get it. We're technically part of sports media. We have we have to go in there and use the use the language like that. I I can get behind that, but. I have one more. I'm here to Sorry. temper it. What, what's that? One more example. What makes this whole thing even stranger is that Tommy Pham pretty much had the same injury last year. So Conspe- uh, Coincidence? Oh, last year. I think earlier in his career, at some point, he had a torn labrum injury as well. Coincidence? So, I think not. Something in the water there. Does that mean, no hitter, does that mean Tatis could, might, might get stabbed? If he's following the, uh, yeah, the that's fam injury train, that's bad trend. You don't, you do not <laughs> want to follow that man's injury history. Uh, all right, let's stop talking about a star shortstop who is not even currently playing. We 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 spent a lot of time on him uh, and the Padres because the what el- what else is important? The Padres are the best team to talk about, right? Uh, there are other teams. It's time to complain about two different game altering calls. We'll start with the more recent one of the two. I don't know if that makes sense. Maybe chronological order is better. Whatever. We're going with the more recent one first. And that would be the end of the Phillies-Braves game where Alec Bohm slid into home plate and didn't quite touch the plate and in every replay angle, but was ruled safe on the initial call and ruled safe after... A lengthy replay review somehow pretty miraculous that was the game winning run Phillies end up winning the game uh anything else to say about anything else to say about that that that's pretty much how it happened there yeah <laughs> yeah I mean yeah <laughs> pretty clearly you know you can in a way forgive the safe call at home you know bang bang play still probably could have seen that he didn't touch the plate but on re- replay is supposed to fix those errors because baseball is a fast game uh like in that like those plays happen fast so you're supposed to save it with replay and when the replay clearly shows that he did not touch home plate and was tagged then you have to overturn that call there there's no there wasn't any like oh they lean too hard on inconclusive evidence that you couldn't see it it was conclusive beyond a shadow of a doubt that he had missed home plate. That's just a plain miss. That has nothing to do with the rules of replay or anything. That is a plain miss by uh, the guys in New York. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's go ahead. I'll go ahead and recap the other one as well. 
because very similar also, reactions, also, very similar Marcelo consequences. Marcelo that ball 77 miles an hour can, for me. Can I, uh, That's not very fast. One. No. I, I, I think, I think uh, replay was started, I don't know if you guys remember, like five, no, like eight years ago or something, before replay, there was a play at the plate, Pirates versus, like... The Braves, I think. Versus, versus the Braves. And that kind of, like, after that walk-off, after, like, that horrible call when the Braves won it, Pirates season kind of just went downhill from there. But it's funny that the one of the reasons that the whole replay system was brought out and brought about to, and put together and one of the reasons they wanted to make this happen is now, the, <laughs> like, they suck at it now, too. Like, even with people, they can't do it yeah. right one way or another. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know how to put it into words. And I'd like to resume that part of the conversation just after giving the context of the the second, or I guess the first, this one happened first. They happened within a couple days of each other, though. Uh, a similar game-ending call that this one didn't even go to replay review, although in every every replay and even in a little bit more obvious real-time sense should not have been the call that was made uh michael conforto with the bases loaded on a two-strike count even i think it was yeah it was, it was full count it was a full count took a a slider over the plate leaned his elbow into it pretty blatantly barely nicks his elbow guard the pitch shows up as a strike on the uh, on the the overlay on the strike zone overlay, quite clearly right there over the middle of the plate, and he's awarded the base walk off win for the Mets. And that one was not even okay. So what did go to replay review, but the umpires insisted that they could not review the aspect of the play. Yeah, being yeah you being yeah, you if it review. should have been a hit by pitch or not they they could only look at if the ball touched him and it did, even though that is quite clearly the definition of leaning into a pitch over the plate and the pitch was right mm -hmm. right there, right. Here's over my there. issue. Mm -hmm. Can I just get this out of the way? Yeah, yeah. How is it a rule that you can be hit by a strike? Just doesn't make sense inherently. If it's a strike, it shouldn't give you base on balls, in my opinion. It I does. Just, it's not your opinion. That's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You can't get hit by a strike without leaning into it. Strike. Yeah, I, it was. It was the wrong call. It was a terrible call. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Then how could he that's what we're it? saying. <laughs> that's what we're. That's all... not even a bad call. That's just. It, it, I'm. That, that goes beyond being a bad call. Like that's incompetence essentially or i don't even know what the word for it is yeah, i mean like yeah it is not following yeah. the rules explicitly it's watching it's like a whole different game call, than the rest of the one world. thing to miss a call on replay but it's another thing to like, like egregiously miss like to i guess he changed his mind like i don't understand the, <laughs> the umpire then that's what i'm trying to ask the umpires clearly needed like an extended spring training this is it, this is week two of the season this is egregious yeah, and uh, my good, you know, it's one thing, or one uh, the one thing that makes it extremely obvious in any replay scenario, which you'll find quite often, is when the the team that 
is the beneficiary of the bad call when their broadcasters, their announcers, are baffled by the outcome. That should be a pretty telling sign. You know, they're probably, they're trying to be objective, but probably some of the more biased voices that you'll ever hear uh, surrounding a team's games, right? That's that's kind of the, the yeah. joy of listening to a, a local broadcast. And when first the Phillies announcers are in disbelief, I, I think an exact quote was, Phillies have a 7-6 lead, incredibly so. Like... <laughs> And and the Mets were, were the Mets broadcasters were just beside themselves. They it was it was like oh no you, you can't do that that like that the, he leaned right into that pitch you can't do that. <laughs> the, the, it was just it was like the same reaction that we have now, in real time by the home team broadcasters after the team takes home the win. Uh, that should be a pretty telling sign that something's wrong. And then, yeah, let's go back to what Furbo was talking about, which when it comes down to it, how are, how are we still so bad at getting replay right? It's not a new thing anymore. It's been years. It's been years and years. We've gotten a little faster with it, maybe. I think there's no it. I, at least this like we we'll have to check some stats. We'll have to check some in, stats on it. Um, on how long the average replay take. in or wherever. Uh, Toronto plays. They're they're actually decked out with worse equipment, um, probably because of like the ballpark's cap- capabilities than normal major league parks. So when the Angels played there over the weekend, each review was at least five to ten minutes. It was terrible. That's yeah, um, that's not fun. And and because the replay review equipment is worse than normal big league parks, each manager gets two reviews. Two two replays before the seventh inning, um, it, like when they play there instead of one, because they just they're like, yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> they're like this yeah, this will this will either. appease you, right? <laughs> they stuck that rule underneath all of us. They thought we wouldn't notice. <laughs> well, we didn't. We almost didn't. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't slip it by for a boat. Yep, he's he's on it. <laughs> but the, the so the part that bugs me year after year is is the language of it has to provide clear and convincing evidence right beyond that's the term you hear constantly is clear and convincing yeah. evidence it has to be enough to overturn the call you hear every single replay that's, the that's the, so the announcer will say is it enough to overturn the call that is so dumb because you, you are looking sense, you are no it doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense does. because you have the new you have new information you have slow motion you have replays it from every angle make the call based on that what the umpire on the field saw should have no bearing oh, on I the outcome agree with you at that I point completely agree with you i i think it's stupid that a person can be called safe of the bag um and like the other team is going to challenge and then it probably won't get um like overturned to out because it's too close or like if you do a vice versa they could be called out and it's too close um to overturn it to safe but it could be the same exact play um and it just depends on what the like on field umpire called for that so like no i completely agree with you but at the same time i (laughs) i think if you're if you want to take it down that route of like you have every you have every angle you have everything 
for the bang bang plays and if you want to take like you have every angle route you're going to make replays longer and i think that's the last thing baseball wants no i don't think so man i don't think it'll make it longer i i think it's met this language probably messes with whatever umpire crew review team is is doing because they have to look it's like uh is it enough to overturn in a certain way if you look at you look at all the angles and you determine is this an out or or is it or is he safe basically or you know is is the outcome this or that and on your first instinct it should have no in i think having that predetermined call probably obstructs that or it obscures it it makes it harder to come to a consensus and come to an actual call i i think it would be much easier if if i don't know if it's even possible for the the review team to see the play without knowing the call in the field because the replay will show the umpire making the call most likely anyway. Oh, that'd be interesting. But that's in theory, right? How how it should go down, right? You you get a you get a third party look at the whole thing without anything else obscuring what they have to say about it. I would kind of I would probably be in favor of that. That's pr- that'd be interesting. I don't know if you could do that. I mean, I I haven't thought of every possible play. But, like, I don't know if you could do that with every play, but for, like, out safe, that stuff, like, the, your typical replay uses, I think that'd be really interesting. Let's, let's, I, let's I give it a go. I don't see too Why much not? of an issue with the language of, you know, of needing to call in the field and the language of clear and convincing because there are just times where it is clear and convincing that um, the call in the field was wrong and they still don't <laughs> overturn it. Right. Um, it's because that, it's that's, well. That's it is gross, because of the language. Yeah, but the right. language is know, is, is vague. The language is vague no, but, in its nature. Yeah, but the point is, you but, have replay for a reason, and you have to get it right. If you're going to have replay, you have to get it right. If if you want to like have wrong calls, don't use your replay. Don't use replay at all. But like, I think I don't hear what you're saying. I don't either. <laughs> No, yeah, I think I think Barbara's saying that like since we play already kind of detracts from the entertainment product, like if you're not gonna use it correctly, it just adds nothing. It just makes it more frustrating that the calls are wrong. Yeah, but I yeah, correct. yeah. And but also I don't mean, think that's the that that's that's just you know, creating more issues. Just get just make I yeah, I don't know. I think just don't put umpires in the in the room make it somebody an actual replay person so it's not people rotating in and out of there it's you know same people all the time i think that's that's a good idea it's just the the issue isn't to me right now with the language itself at the moment it it is just straight up uh use the word that really use a lot incompetence (laughs) and seeing that they you know the actual that is clear and convincing that he missed the plate there's nothing like oh could he have there's no um like like it was wasn't like they didn't have an angle to see that he didn't hit the plate it was clear from every angle that he didn't touch mm-hmm. the plate that's that's just wrong and we need to get better at that and we need to be quicker and and stuff like that so it's i it's just i think before, uh, before we go about changing the language let's just get better i think either of those thing. situations why what are like protest rules like why didn't the other team pro- like is it just not worth it to like protest that call I don't, can, can you protest no you you can't call? counter challenge 
That's not a thing. Fair. I think it's worth just it is worth pointing out though that like this is not an issue that's unique to the baseball. Almost every sport that yeah. has a play is riddled with I, it. I, I, so I, if there I, is an easy I solution, think... I think it would already exist. It's just there's a human error and bias of whether it's independent reviewers or the ref the referee or umpires themselves making the decisions that just you see it across all different sports, it repeatedly uh, comes into play as a problem. And I don't know if that's just like human error not being perfect. Um, but I, I think it's it's not all I'm trying to point out as I, I do think it's worth mentioning that it's like far from a baseball specific issue. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think baseball a baseball specific issue with replay is that the umpires have no obligation to explain the call that they have just come to. Uh, basketball, hockey, football, they all at least explain what they saw on replay and and explain that accountability so it's if, still hilariously you know, bad out, when when they explain was, yeah oh yeah but i mean i mean it would be even worse if the umpires had to come out and explain and say that they didn't see an angle where he didn't touch the plate yesterday like i i don't know how you can do that so yeah it's, I, I think mean, they need to be held that that's just one way to hold them more accountable on replays i'll be explain, honest explain what you saw Sometimes I find it more frustrating when they explain it because when they're wrong and they explain their wrong logic, it infuriates me more. Like in soccer, I think infuriating people more is what helps drive the change. And it's, it's a conspiracy. There you go. Yeah, to anger more people. Soccer, soccer. Also, they review the play and then do like they bring the ref in to review it. So like it takes forever. Yep, it's a it's a conspiracy to cause more unrest, it's to working. cause more chaos. It is working. Ray, I just have to say that if this if the solution is to be better, that is obviously ideal, and it's obviously <laughs> not going to happen. So you gotta you gotta start digging a little deeper for solutions and and really come to okay, <laughs> why is this happening constantly? Where replays will go one way or the other in fact you know i i have i have an idea that i want to do in in more of a video form where i just look at a bunch of replay reviews there's so many on a regular basis and and periodically go in watch a play without knowing the outcome uh, predict what i think the outcome will be and see how many i get right because i guarantee you i'd get so many wrong even though my eyes are unbiased by whatever call was made so I think it's a really, really prescient point. I'd love to consume that content. So please make it. Let's do it. That's I, I, that's our I'd thing. Love we'll to get be a it. Part of it. Let's do it. Well, you heard it here first. I, God, we got to deliver now. I I put myself right in there. Let's let's get <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> all right. Enough complaining. Uh, we're just gonna end this Never. podcast with a couple a couple silly things. Rudy, I still don't really know what's going on with this. But do you want? Oh, I found it. Do you want to <laughs> tell? Do you want to tell people what the heck MLB draft league managers are? Because you shared this with us, and I, and even with early explanation, I still yeah. don't quite know what's going on. So if you want to share that with the people, I think it'd be pretty it's nonsensical. But, okay. Um. Essentially. Um. This is a league that they took. Okay, so I don't want to get too like off the track, but you, we all recall that the, you know, minor leagues. Um, contracted somewhat this year for the season it was reorganized and 
also the draft got shortened to five rounds, I think, or something. And it used to be whatever six hundred thousand rounds yeah. before that. Uh, it, <laughs> it's back up to back up to twenty this year. Okay. So it's still cho- it's still chopped. I think in half. Yeah, I think it used to be forty. Yeah. It used to be forty. But last year it was five. Yeah. There we COVID go. stuff, which made total sense, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the offshoots of that is that the MLB decided to create a what they title a draft league, which will be from May twenty fourth to June seventh before the July eleventh to thirteenth draft for potential players to showcase their skills, um, which immediately I'm still confused by it, just to be clear, because very clearly not all college baseball seasons, Ray, you can correct me, you're the expert, but I don't think they're finished by then. So, I, yeah, I don't believe the postseason finishes by early June. Uh, so that seems <laughs> I'm looking at college later, seasons. I don't know, but maybe that's just their own stage regardless the managers are pretty interesting, as are the team names and locations, in my opinion. Yeah, no, the Carl Joe series doesn't start till mid-June. Right, so that's a flaw. But I assume these are for <laughs> non-participating players, I suppose. Yeah, just but but I mean that's still yeah. postseason where there's still sixty-four teams that go to the postseason. What about the teenagers? They got they got finals, man. Like, I know. Well, I, th- I think it's for college they got graduation. Players. Is it only for college players? Okay. I think it is for college players. Yeah, uh, but. Just to wrap, I think the idea is that because the draft is way shorter, it's to kind of reward like maybe some of the deeper college players who might not get drafted anymore with some more time to impress teams to potentially then go on to join, um, you know, the, the reorganized farm systems. But anyways, just more importantly, I wanted to mention the managers and team names, which include Coco Crisp, who is managing the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. Um, another highlight is Jed Jerica, Jed Jerka. He did it. it. He said it. He <laughs> uh, line, Bart. The West Virginia Black Bears, which are apparently located in his hometown. But it's worth mentioning that he's a 32-year-old above-replacement-level MLB player who's uh, transitioning, I guess, to a managerial career very early. It's in... Uh, Granville, West Virginia, and yeah, I thought this was just a one another quirky addition to baseball that I personally kind of revel in this random stuff. That's that's so weird, and it, much less confused now with the full explanation. Thank you. I kind of forgot that they had announced that they were doing the pre-draft league at all, and the managers that were selected made me all the more confused just because like wait what they're at the oh so they're managing like real real baseball team like that's what i was like what's what's going on here rudy um, to be completely honest <laughs> when you sent that picture in the group chat oh, i didn't I was, forgot to mention that i was like is that coco crisp and i was like no there's no way that's coco crisp but i didn't want to like look into it or read into it so mentioned that, I was like, oh, it's yeah. not just coco crisp in fact it's coco crisp <laughs> for some reason wearing the Chief Wahoo emblemed Indians hat, which ah. no one saw that and said, maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> it's so insult. It's like, this is like, what's the podcast episode about incompetency, essentially. And if that doesn't sum it up more than any example we've discussed, then I don't know what incompetency is. I mean, that's so glaringly obvious. They needed replay review for those for that image. Yeah, but they still would have. <laughs> yeah, it, so. in, this, in this image, like, he's smack in the middle. Like, it's not... 
it's not like oh he's, he's off front. to the yeah. side. Well, he's, he's front the most center. recognizable face, I would say. Yeah, which is what was confusing me. I was like, are are they f- playing? Are they forming some kind of like Harlem Glo- Globetrotters <laughs> type of MLB team? Like that you could have convinced me that just as easily. Uh, and I just a question because I genuinely don't know. Are these just the most notable managers, or is this legitimately just a it's sixteen six team thing? Okay. Yeah, it's a six team league. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, I'm all for that. That's a, that's a cool idea, uh, and I hope they they get to do more of that in the future with future draft classes in a more normal setting. So good stuff. Thank you for digging that up, Rudy, and and sharing that very bizarre marketing material with us uh, that unearthed <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, little nuggets of of interest. All right, well, we're gonna end the podcast with just a few of our overreactions. I well, maybe we'll make this a regular thing, but let's just for for a couple minutes pretend that the last week of baseball that we've enjoyed was the only baseball that we've ever watched. If if we were fresh on the scene in the league as spectators and we and we pull up pull up the stats that have happened over the last week, you know, we flip open the newspaper to see who's killing it and like, "Oh man, this uh this Byron Buxton kid, he he's he's really good." <laughs> I wonder if he. I wonder if he is well renowned as a prospect at any point in his career. Uh, you'd probably <laughs> think so, and and he was in fact. Uh, so things <laughs> things in that vein, you know. Uh, we'll we'll is try. He from San Diego, also. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, 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 we should ask I Joe. Don't believe he is. We could ask Joe. Uh, that's that's the kind of thing we're gonna do just to wrap it up. Anything you got? I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go in any sort of order. I'm not even gonna prompt you guys. Just. Just who stands uh, who stands out? Another one that, uh, just to, to get the ball rolling, I hope I'm not stealing anybody's, but um, Tyler Naquin, man. Like, this kid's, this kid's a star. No, Did I steal yours? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Tyler Naquin. Why is Tyler Naquin going to be the next big star? I think he has a, he's in a, you know, situation where there's only 13 other outfielders to compete against in Cincinnati, so that, <laughs> really, you know, is something he can use to his advantage and um he is a unique last name which i think is another huge perk and (laughs) this performance is totally sustainable and there's no way this is a career outlier and he will end up with an ops half this by the end of the year so uh keep it going tyler you're making us all proud yeah really incredible stuff he's got what what is that that OPS? That's a twelve that's a twelve fifty five OPS to to sport out there in the early going. Eleven and a half walk rate. He's a totally new player. Uh four bombs already and they were not cheapies, absolute moonshots. So uh you know, pencil him in there. Get him get him on your uh, MVP ballots. Get it ready. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like, you know, his career high home runs is fourteen, and you know, it's not like his career high um you know, OPS isn't, you know, he wants to get an 886 OPS one, so maybe it is possible. So maybe my sarcasm is Really, it's supposed to be overreactions. I, I do think the 13 outfielder thing, they should try that. They should just put all of them at once and just see what happens. Mm, that's true. Who's, who's a hotter streak shows more potential, you think? It's a little early now, but Tyler Naquin or Aristides Aquino, who are you taking in the, in the, the brawl? of the the Reds outfielders on incredible hot streaks. We got to see him do it at the same time, I think is, is the really only fair way to, 
to determine this. Uh, maybe it'll happen. Uh, yeah. So who who else we got? Ray, Ray, you got any got any uh, takes? Jeremy Mercedes and Shohei Otani are the strongest men on the planet because of how far and hard they hit the ball, right? Yeah, that's what I can glean from this week. What has happened? Otani hit another ball, one hundred nineteen today. That's what I'm talking about. Like he's got like obviously most powerful guy in the league. Hit it 119 off the bat. Nobody else does that, right? No. Well, quite nope. seriously, no. I like no. There's maybe five no, others that can. <laughs> but but your mean Mercedes did hit his first career home run, 486 feet. No, no, second, second. Oh, his second is oh he did one hit one in Amma. His first home home run of his yeah. career at at a uh, what what the heck is their ballpark? Oh, it's Guaranteed Rate Guar- Ballpark. Guaranteed Rate Field. Yeah. The, oh yeah. The company that you're leaving. Wait, what? Uh, I've never heard of him. Uh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a, yeah, absolute bomb from this guy who I thought was kind of the mold of uh, Williams Astudio or uh, or Alejandro Kirk from the Blue Jays, you know, that, that stocky catcher build with with mostly a contact profile. Stocky, I like it. Uh, I don't think Williams Astudio has hit a ball 486 feet. I, I, would be, I would love to see it. But, yeah, as of right now, he's, he's still the best hitter on the planet you can't convince me otherwise uh um, anybody else forbode yeah so i got two in the al east first of all the yankees rule that you have to shave will scare me every time um <laughs> that's, that's a proper reaction <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay sorry yeah but rugnet odor shaving um that was not something i was he is now smooth net odor smooth <laughs> what is he <laughs> smooth net odor <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Amazing. that's wonderful. <laughs> that that was not something I was prepared for. Um, and <laughs> I threw was Ray's comment. Jeez. Um, and then second of all, uh, the Red Sox are going to win the World Series. Is that how you do the an overreaction? Because yes. they just mm-hmm. they started out zero and three, and we said they sucked, and now they're what six and zero. So, yeah, they're going to win the World Series, right? JD Martinez is back. Full stop. Can't be stopped. Ever three homer Wait, game. I, I just want to make sure I did overreactions correctly. I I think you're there. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that works for Smooth us. Door. <laughs> uh, you know what? I I think that that has to be a, a place to wrap it up, right? We didn't talk about any pitchers even, uh, to overreact. Johnny Cueto's back. Anybody? Johnny oh, Cueto yeah. lovers, he's back. Oh, Johnny Cueto. Johnny, Johnny Cueto's back, and Bumgarner is not. Yeah, Bumgarner, Bumgarner's toast, man. Quite, quite, legitimately. Even even outside of the sample, you could have said that, but uh, that was a rough <laughs> week for Mad Bum. Anybody else? Anybody else in there that's that's washed? Zach Greinke. Guys, but uh, I didn't want to. Well, Zach Greinke pitched pretty poor today, though he did have a fifty-six mile per hour. Fifty-one. 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 <laughs> Um, I have a couple guys I want to mention, but they're on my fantasy team, so I don't want to jinx, jinx myself. But Are you sure this is the place to do it? Let's just say someone who, uh, with the initial CM2 might be the new best leadoff hitter in baseball. So let the fans say for that one. Oh, can I jinx it for you? I know who that is. Do you guys? No. Please don't. Okay. I think I know who it is, right? You know what? We'll leave that one up there. If you want to jinx Rudy, you got to... This is the man that, known as the entertainer to some people. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
That's our, so well played. Our boy. I, tip of the cap. Tip of the fedora to you, Ray. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that is I'm, where we're gonna end things now, off. Now, now I'm uncomfortable. Ray Ray hit it. Ray hit it on the head with a couple of gems to to wrap it up there. I I like this segment a lot. I I hope we do it again. But until next week, you're you're gonna have to to go without without our podcast. You know, you know maybe maybe in the future, without teasing too much, we'll be back on the multiple podcast a week grind with some fantasy content. Maybe some more. Some more short form content coming out more there. Games, some the, more game podcasts. Some more uh, some replay analysis. Some some analyses. Some some articles some potentially. Pronunciations. May, perhaps a website revamp. I'm promising a lot of stuff, but it's it's not uh it's not on accident. And the only way that you'll actually know about these things, other than listening to us here, is to uh, follow us on social media at Beat the Shift BP, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Any updates on things that we're doing, it'll all be there, as well as our website, beattheshiftbaseball.com. That's that's the home for everything, everything podcast-related and anything else that we're going to be rolling out this season. Uh, we have some plans ahead, and I know it would have been nice and tidy to get that going right at the, the start of the regular season, but, you know, life's not like that, so... It's okay with Bally Sports, it wasn't ready either. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we, had, we, we got him in there. We snuck him in there somehow. Got him. Uh, but yeah, a lot of exciting, exciting stuff on the horizon. So that is that is all for today. You know, thank you everybody for making it to the end. If you did, make sure to subscribe so you know when we're podcasting next. And Hi, mom. yeah, and hello Rudy's Grant. mom. Hi, Rudy's mom. As usual. Any other shoutouts? Hi Grant. Yeah, there you go. All right, that is it for today. Thank you everybody one last time. As always, Farbode. Peace.